This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director. But we also have some history in the making right now. We have the Cartwright Brothers, who are being inducted into the Sioux Falls Music Association Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They can't call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because that's uh, Cleveland. They get a little particular about that, so they, they call it the Music Association. Yeah, we, we, we're okay with South Dakota Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't have any inclination to go to Cleveland anytime soon, so they'll mm-hmm. have to track me down if there's a problem, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Mark and Jeff, the Cartwrights, how did you guys get together? You know, that's an interesting story. I was going to school in Vermilion, 1985, finishing up after having quit school you know, every other semester or so for various reasons, worked my way through and joining bands that failed and I've found stuff like that. And I met a guy who was, we we're going to put a band together and he calls me up one day and he says, I met this guy, he sings just like Steve Walsh from Kansas and he plays keyboards and guitars, he's just great, got to meet him. So they came up to my house the next night and he had his car full of gear and long, so I'll shorten the story now a little bit, but we ended up starting a band and then we off went, went off in different directions in other bands and always kept in close contact we good became good friends and played acoustic guitars on our spare time and 1989 mark was between bands and we decided to start a little two-piece thing down at the pomp room happy hour and we called ourselves Cartwright brothers and then the rest is history i guess <laughs> yeah i had had uh, i had to have surgery on my vocal cords in 89 for uh for nodes for singing in a heavy metal band so i i couldn't go back to really doing what i was doing at the time and so to make a little side money, Jeff said, well, why don't we just you know, form a little acoustic duo? We'll go sit in the Holiday Inn somewhere, and you can sing soft until, until you build things back up. That's really, that never happened. We never, ever played the corner of a Holiday Inn because we were hired by the Pomp Room immediately uh, to play five nights a week during their happy hours there. It was back when John Ertz was starting a kitchen, if you remember that brief time. And <laughs> Food John, at the Pomp Room. John what Hertz. could go wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah, and it... But we were supposed to play from 6 to 8 during happy hour. It's perfect, you know. But we ended up playing until 9.30 because we had a tip bucket and people were requesting songs and, and we got free beer. So you were actually playing to beat the band. We were. And, and <laughs> a, a lot of the point, times John. with the band who, uh, who was supposed to start at 9.30, they'd end up coming and playing acoustics with us until way past they were supposed to start on their regular show. <laughs> and they'd get in trouble because they're supposed to be up on, on the other stage. Well, John Hertz did a lot of things besides cooking back then. I can remember him in his backyard measuring a Sansui speaker, and then all of a sudden he was making about 10 of them out of plywood. That's John. That's John. That's John, yeah. Well, Mark, you and John built our first PA system on the alley of the pomp room, didn't you? Yeah, we built it uh, out of spare plywood and spare speakers and spare Mm -hmm. horns and a couple of crossovers that John had put them together one afternoon the smallest possible speakers uh, cabinets that we could fit a 12 inch speaker and a horn in that was the idea <laughs> but, but they weighed a ton <laughs> did. we're speaking with mark and jeff the cartwrights now some people think you're brothers we got the name again a lot of our stories have to do with the pop room because we played there so often but before we even became officially the cartwright brothers we came in for an acoustic jam night along with our friend uh, Jerry Turner. And the three of us walked in, and because 
uh, Jeff had been on the road with his band and didn't have time to shower before we went down there. We told him to wear a hat, and he said, all I have is a cowboy hat. I'm not walking in the pomp room with a cowboy hat. Not in those days. No. So we said, yeah, we'll wear them too so you don't feel like such a dork. So we all, we all three walked in, and, and uh, depending on who you talk to, one of the Ertz brothers said, well, who the heck are you guys, the Cartwright brothers? And we went, okay. So we went on that night as the Cartwright brothers, but three abreast through the double doors carrying our guitars, you know, I suppose it just... Goes back to John Ertz again. Yeah, John speaking, and Ward. Speaking with the Cartwright brothers, Mark and Jeff, induction into the South Dakota Hall of Fame. Well, I, I should say also, Mark, uh, we, I've known you for, you work at KELO Radio too. That's what I'm saying, Mark and, and Jeff, this induction, it really means something because you guys have been, you know, doing everything and everywhere and all the time for so long to actually, to get recognized by your peers. Uh, there, there's something special about that, isn't it? I can't even put it into words, to be honest with you. It, it means more to me than pretty much anything. Um, I never expected it. And it, my mother would be proud because I, I was going to run away from home when I was five years old with a beetle wig on. Oh. 1967 or six in there, you know, and they watched me toddle down the sidewalk. I wasn't going to go far, but I wanted to be a rock star back then, you know, and never quite made the rock star thing. But to, to make it this far is a huge honor. I mean, I just didn't ever expect it. I, I'm on. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's very, very humbling. Yeah. Because of, we are already, people are contacting us. People are coming, uh, coming into town for the induction ceremony. I mean, we have one friend coming from Kalamazoo. Michigan. Yes, all the way from Michigan just to uh, be at this event. And we haven't seen this guy in how many years? 30 years? Probably. You know, it's it's just crazy. So they're coming from all over. Des Moines, and, yeah. I mean, it's it's like I said, it's very humbling and and beyond what we ever thought it would be. I've seen a lot of bands come back for you know the the induction, and you know they get up on that stage and it all comes right back. Uh, they they pick up those guitars maybe in the first time in ten years, but it comes. It comes right back. It really does. I've seen grandmas up there just rocking out. I was there that night. <laughs> I was there for that induction. That was that band was fantastic. They were, great. They were the highlight of the night. But how often do you guys, uh, you know, like uh, COVID, you know, really kind of hit everybody pretty hard. But uh, it's coming back now, isn't it? You know, a lot of live music is coming back, and that's good. You know, you can't you can't listen to a break on a country station without hearing a concert commercial right now everybody's going back on the road and and good for them you know everybody wants to go back out and feel normal again uh, and that includes jeff and i you know we mm-hmm. don't play as much as we used to we used to play 100 150 shows a year mm-hmm. um we were always working now you know it's more nostalgia and just a, a handful of gigs here and there but but uh, it's always it's fun, fun. Well, back in the early 90s, you know, the, every high school football game had a dance afterwards. Uh, you know, there was, there was entertainment everywhere. And you, you probably played every Legion Hall and, and uh, Dance Hall and, and Holiday Inn from, from, you know, three or four states of that. We played a lot of the, uh, the, the uh, event rooms. Mm-hmm. Yes. Venues. We yeah. were always playing event rooms. Uh, Christmas party. Do, do ton, and, mm-hmm. and COVID really put a stop to... A lot of our private things, because they, they quit having them, you know, um, a lot of companies and stuff. But, yeah, we could, every, down in the basement of a of a Ramada Inn somewhere, you know, some small co- company hires us for their Christmas party, and then we go upstairs the next night for a different one, and it was fun. 
A lot of fun. Just well, which Cartwright brother were you, and which Cartwright brother in Bonanza did you associate with? Well, we never did establish that, but we <laughs> used to have a running joke to between the two of us. Whichever one, you know, we'd go in place, and inevitably somebody would say, "You know, which one is Haas? Which one's Little mm-hmm. Joe?" Whoever got asked that first, the other guy had to buy him a drink. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. <laughs> so it was like winning the prize. Aha! <laughs> But it's, it is kind of funny because when I was about three, four years old, I had an uncle used to call me Hoss. Mm-hmm. We watched Bonanza religiously, you know, and I remember one Christmas or whatever, I got a little oh, Western sheriff outfit. You know, there was a star and a hat and a little side <laughs> gun, you know. With a beetle wig. With a beetle wig, yeah. <laughs> More like Ringo. Anyway, uh, and he came over for Christmas and, oh, hey, Hoss, you know, and, and it stuck. Until the day he died, I was lost. So, well, you, you wear kind of a cowboy hat still, don't you? We do. It's <laughs> yeah. a leather gaucho. Isn't that what they're called? Yeah, they're a gaucho. Flat black I don't leather. Even know what that means, but. But well, they wear out. You know, we, when we played Okaboji all the time, it was hot, 100 degrees in that mm-hmm. bar a lot of nights. And and they would, you know, get moldy in the inside, yeah. for lack of a better word. They'd just get. That was the first stage of their disintegration. <laughs> the, the the lining would come out on the inside. Then it would, you'd get a little black mold up in there, and then the leather would just start to fall away. And then, time for new hats. Yeah. So we, we we became a hat dealer, so we could buy a stack of them at a time. And we, we ordered twice. Yeah, they ordered tw- twenty four at a time. I think wasn't it? Yeah. And people would buy them. You had friends that wanted to buy a car. Well, we happened to have them. But in order to find the hats we needed, we had to become dealers. And I don't know if they're funny. still available anymore. I've still got a box Good. stashed away with about eight left. So we, we had to the rest of our lives to Those wear aren't them for out. sale. <laughs> those of you listening, they're not for sale. That's right. We need those last eight. <laughs> Talking to Mark and Jeff, the Cartwrights. 30 years uh, since the early 90s and, and so on. Most bands don't last that long. How did you two keep together? Yeah, that's a good question. We, uh, I like his company, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there's, I mean, we never... I, I hear stories, you know, of some of these major acts and even siblings, you know, the who fight, have these horrible fights. We never have fights. We just kind of went with the flow and had fun. We were always on the same track, just to entertain and entertain each other as well as as the crowd and making each other laugh. Sometimes the the was the, the road trips to and from were a lot of laughter. I mean, there was laughter in the crowd uh, for the show, of course, but when we were traveling all the time to and from, keeping ourselves entertained. There was nothing off limits to make the other guy laugh. We would go to great lengths to make the other guy laugh in the van. But well, we'd have a, a you know an eight-hour or ten-hour trip to Dubuque, Iowa, or somewhere like this, and we're coming back from Minot after a blizzard. It takes you took it taking forever, and they weren't long trips because we'd be laughing and talking and and bouncing at you, writing songs. Sometimes you know it. Um. People go, oh, that's a, such a boring drive back and forth to Rapid City. Oh, no, we can't wait. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was there ever a third cart right? Yeah. Oh, there, well, originally, uh, Jerry Turner uh, would come in and sit in with us a lot. 
uh, and we called him the third brother. But he never wanted to actually truly join the band. He couldn't. He didn't want to have that obligation. So uh, JT, uh, he will be there at the induction ceremony with, along with the Split P band. You know, he'll he'll be one of the inducted members of the Split P band. Um, but he was. If there was an official third member, it would have been Jerry. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the association inductions coming up in September. I think what, later September twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. And for those who've never been to one, it's I think it's in its twelfth or thirteenth year somewhere around that. Um, they put up a huge production in the uh, Ramcota in the exhibit hall there, and it, it sells out every year. But it, it's a huge stage. I mean, you've got all of the lights, you got all of the big sound, and when you get up there in the middle of that stage and all of your friends looking at you, um, you're going to play something. What are you guys going to do? What are you going to play? We haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> Some of the other band guys, you know, we got the split P members, and we're having guys flying from Arizona and mm. from Montana. You know, some we've had several members that have over the thirty some years have been a part of the band, but an integral part. So, in the recording of albums and in and various things, and just being a part of the mayhem, they're all going to be there, and so um, we got to figure out. And I've I've had a few questions. Well, what are we? What are we playing? We don't have a lot of time, but what are we... I'll let you know. And that's kind of how Mark and I have always done things. We don't use a set list. We never have to speak of. We get up to a show and we go off the feel of the crowd and we kind of have a direction in mind. But there's some spontaneity there typically, which I think is important. But we will have to rehearse a little bit, I think, probably for this. Just because it's been a while. We don't want to get up there and fumble through something, but... Well, every time I've seen you, you're always having fun and you're playing off the crowd. But you get in a lot of different places. Has anyone ever asked you to play a polka? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it. <laughs> we almost didn't get paid for a wedding one time because we we weren't going to do a polka. And I said, we, are do, we don't do weddings. It was typically. the last we never wedding did. we ever played. It too. was the last wedding. I said, I'm never doing one of these again. But we always said, we're never going to do weddings. We're not your typical wedding mm-hmm. band, you know. As a but matter of fact, they were, we're friends probably that, the worst band to ever hire if you want a wedding band. Oh, yeah. You really don't ever, never wanted to have us. No. Because we ended up making jokes about the bridesmaids or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't go over really good necessarily. So anyway, we got we reluctantly agreed to do it because they're friends of ours, you know. And, and somebody wanted a polka. No, well, we, we can't. We don't know any. Was it a polka or a waltz? It might have been a waltz. But we did Piano Man. Yeah, it was a waltz yeah. style then, wasn't it? Yeah, so instead of the piano sound, I just called up a tuba on my keyboard <laughs> and went, boom, 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 boom. And uh, they we went just... about twice around the dance floor, and uh, then that was enough. They were done. <laughs> <laughs> we got an evil eye, but we did get the check. We got paid <laughs> after all, so... <laughs> Speaking with Mark and Jeff uh, Cartwright, uh, inductees into the Hall of Fame, South Dakota Hall of Fame. So well, Mark's dad used to, he used to book Lawrence Welk and some of these big band mm-hmm. guys back in the day down uh, around the Yankee. Yeah, area. there was a little dance hall that was down from where he uh, where he grew, grew up basically, and uh, he would hire big bands when he was uh, a young man, what way before it? my time. One one thing I can you know just. You know, to, to bring up is I, I asked a guy that played trombones back in the you know big bands back in the Depression years, 
And I said, were you ever out of work? And he said, no. He says, because no matter how people were, how bad off they were, or how broke they were, they always found a dime to go to the dance on Saturday night to keep the sanity. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, music really is kind of the uh, uh, the sanity that people went through back. They didn't have anything. I mean, it was the Dust Bowl. But uh, the bands were always busy. And look at the flood of music that came out now that COVID is over. Mm-hmm. Everybody, What else was there to do for musicians but just to go make music and record and, and write because they couldn't play out. So a lot of people re- released uh, you know, new collections of music here in the last year. Well, I know that a lot of our audience has heard the Cartwright Brothers. You're there everywhere. But for those, you know, 7,000 people are moving into Sioux Falls every year. There's got to be some from California, I suppose. That, uh, if they've never heard the Cartwright Brothers, how would you describe them? Ooh, well, That's a good one. Uh, we were very versatile in, in our prime. Um, because we did a lot of comedy clubs. We did a lot of, of private or corporate functions doing nothing but a comedy show. But at the same point, we could go down to uh, where we had a house gig down in Okaboji for 10 years uh, every weekend uh, during the summer. And that place was 110, 115 degrees, and we'd have the full band, and we would just play rock and roll all night. And they'd be standing on chairs and tables, literally. People still talk about that. We used to stand on the chairs singing and... And the crowd would be pushed up front watching solos and stuff. I mean, it was a little bit of everything. We had the the rock and roll. We had the comedy. We had the intimate acoustic stuff. And we, and had, we, we never wanted to pigeonhole ourselves into being one thing or the other because we were just really, we were just having fun. And we loved it all. We loved all the music we were doing, you know? Well, you're having fun right here. I mean, yeah. This is, oh, this yeah. is it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean... It's the, the old cliche, every rock star wants to be a comedian, every comedian wants to be a rock star. We got to play the part of both. We would never truly eat one or the other. No, no. <laughs> we never achieved one or the other, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But we, we played the role of both. So somebody stumbles up and says, can you play Freebird? Oh, that's happened. It, many Terribly. times. Yeah, we they do. don't ask twice. Put it that way. <laughs> Just play the most horrible rendition you ever heard in your life. And, you we know. keep an old plastic shot glass oh. in our tip jar that Mark will pull out to do the slides on, and it doesn't take long before they're putting more dollars in there to play something else. Yeah, <laughs> drive them away. It's horrible. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> well, everybody has a story on just getting to the gig. Um, what's what's the you know a snowstorm or blizzard or whatever? But you got to the gig. Is there a story somewhere there? A lot of them. Uh, and getting home from gigs yeah. was always a challenge sometimes, too. I can remember being up, oh, was it by Bemidji? We were coming back from somewhere in Minnesota, and I really don't know where, Sunday, a Sunday morning, and it was a ground blizzard, pretty severe, and we're, we're taking some county highways back, and all of a sudden there's some drifts in front of us. Well, I plowed through that one okay and got stuck. Up to the axis. And, of course, we didn't have a shovel. We weren't smart enough to be prepared. And I'm out there <laughs> digging with my hands, trying to get the thing. And any moment, a car could come over the hill and take us out. You know? Yeah, but they'd have had to hit the snow drift. They wouldn't have made it to you. Never thought of that. But we yeah. didn't get out. I remember that. Where, where's the shovel? I took it out. <laughs> it was a late spring, you know, early, yeah, early spring blizzard or whatever you want to call it. But uh, There was, you know, I remember playing... Um, 
when we were in Traverse City, Michigan, and it was a fly-in gig, and it took us 13 hours to get home in three different airlines, um, because and we almost got stranded for days at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. They shut it down an hour or two after we got out. We had just gotten out, and we had to be rerouted. Our guitarist came home through Denver. We came home through Minneapolis. We got to the airport, and there was nobody in the whole building. But his guitar, his Martin, was laying in the middle of the floor all by itself. All by the luggage. I mean, where else would it... Uh, $2,000 guitar be sitting there and not be stolen. But Except Mark's wasn't mine there. wasn't there. So I went up to the counter and finally found somebody, and I was mad thinking it had been stolen. I said, have you seen a guitar that looks just like that one? <laughs> she said, yeah, I, I saw it sitting out there, and I didn't want somebody to take it, so I put it back here. And, she handed and then I'm thinking, guitar. well, thanks a lot for leaving mine back there. But they had explicit <laughs> orders that supposedly from Chicago that those guitars are supposed to be held back, you know, Nah, they weren't. Talking with Mark and Jeff Cartwright, being inducted in the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, every, you know, Mark, uh, or Jeff, you said that Mark, when you first met him, he had all his gear in the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, there's got to be a vehicle that uh, you used that, uh, oh. that has a story to it. Because just getting to the gig and back, you know, uh, you know, the back seat of the car, <laughs> the trunk, or a band, or whichever. Now you got it. Oh, boy, the vehicles. 1973. Four, 73 VW camper van. <laughs> White pop-top camper van. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it, we bought it from a guy up in Flandreau. It was listed in the paper, you know. We went up and looked. I wanted the old hippie vibe, you know. I had a 73 that I got, um, had gotten about a year before, and that blew up on the way to Okaboji. It was worth nothing <laughs> after that. It had... About 150 Grateful Dead stickers all the way around it. Oh, it was it, that thing had character. And oh, wow. we found a script, a book, a, t- a paperback book of the script to Easy Rider under the seat. Oh, I mean, no. it was just hippie all over. And then we got this other one. And the guy says, you know, we, he's, it, we took a trip across the country. My wife and I, two children, two cats and a dog, and we were very comfortable. See. There's no way you were comfortable in a VW microbus with that many people in us, but it smelled like cat urine. <laughs> and I thought, you know, <laughs> and it, I, didn't, it didn't smell like cat urine at that point because it was still relatively cool up. But when the summer heat hit it, oh, oh man, yeah, we sold it in the wintertime. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> but we'd be rocking down the highway in that thing. And of course, rear wheel drive, mm-hmm. very little heat. And the gear would be piled on the, in the back on the beds or whatever they were, the little cots. So you're top heavy. And the wind would catch you and you'd slide a little bit on the road. And then you'd, like, I'm sliding on this seat making funny noises. But um, and it'd catch before we rolled over, you know. <laughs> but, but you forgot the part, how we heated it. Because, you know, those old Volkswagens had no heat to speak of. So we got one of those Sunflower propane heaters. It was a camper van, so there was a propane tank already mounted underneath. <laughs> and we just rolled down the window a crack and light this sun propane heater. Oh, boy. Uh, and aim it towards the back of the gear. So if we'd have hit anything, we were just a bomb ready to explode. We would have, have literally accident. blown up. 
I, it would have been I a don't spe- know Highway Patrol. I just heard spectacular that, ending. <laughs> we, it would have been a spectacular rock star death, wouldn't it? There you go. <laughs> Buddy Holly, eat your heart out for that one. Martin Jeff Cartwright being inducted into the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, those who have, have a responsibility to help those yet to come. Uh, some young kid out there that's got a guitar and says, well, hey, maybe uh, he and my buddy can, can uh, do like you do. Uh, what advice do you have to give him, be, you know, high school kid? Three chords. <laughs> Learn those magic three chords, G, C, and D, and off you go. Well, the Beatles had what four, right? Yeah. We never learned the fourth, uh, though. Yeah, later on. <laughs> yeah. It's after the White Album, I think. They had more time in the studio. I'd say you just do it. I mean, before Mark and I ever played a a show for pay as to an acoustic duo. He was in Wakefield. And he'd be home for a, a weekend once in a while or a Sunday maybe. And we would grab the acoustics and go sit at out at the Falls Park on the rocks with a 12-pack of beer, which I suppose you're not supposed to do. I don't know. That's a I long don't. time ago. Back then you could. Yeah, yeah, back then you could. And a case opened up and we'd just be singing old Simon and Garfunkel, Neil Young songs, whatever it was, whatever came to mind. And people would throw some tip dollars in because yeah. it was fun. And, and that's really what you got to look forward to. If you're a young kid, you know, make sure you're having fun with it because that one in a million, that one in a billion shot, that gets further and further away these days because of, you know, the, it's harder to make money in the business because streaming doesn't pay. No. There are no record sales to speak of or CD sales to speak of anymore. You know, it's all about uh, selling merchandise at the shows is where the, the money is and live, uh, live ticket sales. And, uh, you know, when you're starting out, you're not selling tickets. You're just taking whatever money you get and you're going and, and playing it. And if you enjoy it, you'll know it, you know. And if you enjoy it enough to put up with the, with the BS that comes with it, it's not a problem. I always said it was 90% BS and 10% fun, and if that 10% made up for the other 90%, I could keep doing it. And it always does. You have to have a vocation for your advocation. Um, You both have jobs. Uh, Mark, you work here at Keller Radio. Um, And Jeff, you sell insurance. I do, yep. Yep. So, for how many years now? I got licensed at 18 years old, right out of high school. Oh, my. So I worked my way through high school, and so, so that was, that was what, what, 10 years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was 18? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> well, but not for a long time. I grew up in the family business, and I still do that. But I've seen you, you know, playing like at the Canaries game and, and, mm-hmm. and things. Do you ever say, well, uh, is it time to retire? I mean, have you ever thought about that, or are you just going to keep playing? And do what? Yeah. What, yeah. what, you know, what does a golfer do when he retires? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, learn to fish. What does a fisherman do when he retires? You know, I, I would just keep playing guitar if I was retired. I'd probably just play more gigs. I don't. I don't ever. I don't ever see a reason to officially say we're done. You know, unless we physically, for some reason, can't do it. You know, um, when we first started, I would have paid to play anywhere. We were getting twenty bucks a night for two hours work at the pump room each. Each <laughs> twenty bucks each, but we got free beer. That's, in nineteen eighty nine, that yeah. was equivalent to about three hundred bucks a night. So we were doing okay, yeah. <laughs> but um, but seriously, it wasn't about, never about the money. It was about the experience and the fun. It, there was I saw a, a recent quote from Keith Richards, and he's just something to the effect of, "Music, if it's in the bones, it's in the bones, and that you can't deny that." 
Mm-hmm. If you love it that much, you just can't. It's got to come out, you know. Speaking with Mark and Jeff Cartwright of Sioux Falls, uh, being inducted in the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame coming up in a couple months. Uh, this isn't TV, but uh, Jeff, on your T-shirt, <laughs> it yeah. says, at my funeral, take the bouquet off my coffin and throw it into the crowd to see who's next. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the Cartwright Brothers. Yeah, and as we uh, lose more friends as we get older, that becomes more relevant, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but let's just say you have fun. Uh, what's the longest gig you ever played? Well, when we first started, we never took breaks. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. If, if one of us had to go to the bathroom or something, the other guy would do a solo song. And it really was kind of like our Hamburg, you know, for the Beatles playing eight-hour shifts or whatever. We would, we never liked to repeat songs to boot. So we would force ourselves. We're pulling stuff out of the, you know, out of the archives that maybe have never played before live. And we'd, But we're going to stay honest to that until, until one year we did a, do you remember? It was at the Ramcota maybe. And it was when Daylight Savings Time, when you turn oh, the clocks yeah, back. Yeah. That's right. That's where it was. And it turned into about a six-hour gig. Yeah, six or seven hours. <laughs> and with we no breaks, we finally looked at each other at one point. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's take a break. 20-minute break. Give me a break, yeah. <laughs> and so we finally did after that. What's the last thing you want people to know about going to the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in September to see the Cartwrights? Buy a ticket. We're going to have fun. It, it's going to be a blast because we're going in with friends, people we've played gigs with over the years. Um, you know, our friends and janitor Bob and the armchair cowboys are going in the same time. And uh, that's pretty cool. So much more we could talk about. Uh, you know, John Hurts, the uh, pomp room, the uh, so on and so forth. But our time is up. Uh, Mark and Jeff Cartwright want to thank you for being with us on Forum. John, thank you very Thanks, much John. for having us.